Thank you so much, worship team. Jesus, we love you. <laughs> our declaration is our God reigns. And we've seen him reigning in different ways through this week, haven't we? And uh, I just want to open it up for testimonies at this moment. Uh, I know that God was moving in all kinds of powerful ways when we met together on Thursday night for our more evening. And uh, any of you that were here for that, I want to invite you. Maybe you had a, a testimony of what God did during that divine exchange exercise that we did. Uh, or if you have a testimony of something God has done in your life this past week since we were together last Sunday, just give me a shout and let's, uh, let's hear what God has been doing. Come on, Sherry. Okay. Um, this last week, my knees were healed. I fell about two weeks, two and a half weeks ago I fell. And I took out my good knee because my, my right knee has been bad for several years. I took out my shoulder. Okay, and I mean, my shoulder's still black and blue, but I couldn't walk. We went to the conference in Raleigh, and I was sure I was going to get healed at this conference. It was so full of the Holy Ghost, and every day I was walking stiff leg like this. My knees hurt so bad. Came home, still hurt. It had been two weeks, and I was out back last week, up and down a ladder, cleaning the side of my house after work, and my knees hurt so bad. And every night I prayed for them. I said, Lord, I, I count on you to heal me. I don't know, Lord, doctors. I woke up Thursday morning. I have a pain in either knee. Nothing hurts. Nothing. I, my, yeah, I couldn't even touch my knee before. And I just said, thank you, Jesus, because I was praying. I mean, it took a while. It took like two and a half weeks, but I just, I didn't give up. I stood fast and kept praying, Lord, you're my healer. You are my healer. Amen. Amen. Robert? Hey, I just want to say we had a great men's meeting last night. Hallelujah. The house is still standing. Praise God. <laughs> you know, these guys get kind of wild. It was so funny. I think I enjoyed more. I mean, we had a little time in the Word, but I think I enjoyed more just standing around almost and just chatting and kind of joking and carrying on. I learned a lot of things. They don't necessarily let people drink water where Brandon works at. <laughs> Even though they deliver water and all this stuff, actually, it was kind of funny, some story he told. But we had a really great time, and we're going to try and continue some of those maybe into next year. So God bless you guys. Amen. Um, I don't know that I would call this that, what you're asking for, but uh, I don't know where Pastor Jane went, but I am really grateful for the last few weeks, for the pushing, um, a few weeks ago, you handed me and you're like, here, you need to say something. And just now she was like, you know, feel free to, to move and pray and, and pass anointing or whatever. But I've never seen myself as that. Let me go pray for somebody else or feel the push on that. And I just want to, um, like, that's really been a good thing lately. So. <laughs> I just went out of the room, but I'm coming back. We're talking about Thursdays, right? Thursdays. More. So on Thursday, we we did a an exercise. Did you already explain this? Where what was on our hearts, something troubling us, or weighty, or a c concern, 
we identified that and put it on the hand. Sure. And um, so I, I put, we were each asked to do that and then we held that up for Jesus and we allowed him to take that. And then we waited and allowed Jesus and asked, invited Jesus to give us something in return to then put back in our hearts. And so, so for me, there were, um, there were, what, what came to mind was just this weekend I had a, a conference to go to with all my music fellow music teachers, and um, but then there was also an event at um, Ignite, and I was trying to dovetail them and make it all work, and and so I put all that in my hand and I gave that to Jesus, and then he he gave back in joy, and so. The whole plan was that we would go for the day to Colombia, so we set off very early. And uh, and intending to come back, And uh, but during the day, I felt like the Lord was saying, well, I felt like I wanted to say, I want to stay for the next day. And so it was a very easy thing just to ask for. Um, and... And so just in that moment, we decided we would stay. And, and so in the midst of trying to do so many things and try and get so much done, we actually ended up with a provision of an evening and a place, you know, we were able to stay. And then I went back the next day and I felt like it was just, God just gave us space and gave us, I was able to go and do what was really beneficial. And so I've come back with a heart full from that and the thing that I was going to go to was a, a marriage refreshment, but we had oh, we had an evening, right? So it was like, why get in a car and race when you've just been given time? Um, but it was beautiful. Um, I was explaining to some people earlier, some friends, um, on the way, this is some of the time that I, this is one of my things to repent for, but I, I don't always have a good attitude towards buying things for myself, like, buying coffee or something like that because I think, well, I don't need it. And so then it's an extravagance. Um, and so that was part of the journey on the way that that was actually became a little bit of a, a deal trying to get coffee or maybe not. That was just a tiny thing. And yet we ended up staying the night and that was easy because that was something that he had given me. And so I'm really thankful for that exchange that happened because I couldn't have worked that out. I could, I, that was not a, um, a solution that I had thought of. But in that giving it to him, he gave me an answer. And this morning I was, I'm sort of juggling time in preparing for some recording for some piano events. And tomorrow I have to do some recording. And then I have, um, I think 30 recordings I have to do with a trumpet player. And I'm sort of trying to work out when I get to practice so that I can actually be ready for these recordings. And I just, but I also want to follow this whole thing about God's presence and not just doing things in my own strength and not just pushing and working it out. And so this morning, I just put that in the hand, gave it to Jesus, and he gave back new manner. New manner. New manner. Every day, he gives us new. Don't rely on yesterday. Don't rely on how I work things out. Yesterday, new manner. He comes to meet us. So. Thank you. What I feel like we should do is just do that little exercise right now. Would that be okay? Just to talk you through it before we do it.
you want to, first off, just pause and recognize the presence of Jesus right here, right now. Then we open up, whichever hand is not your main hand, your, I mean, I'm right-handed, so here's my left hand, okay? Put your hand out, the one that you don't use to write with, and what you're gonna do is take everything off your heart that's of weight and place it on your hand. And then you're gonna offer that to Jesus, okay? And then feel Jesus take it, because he says, come to me, all you who are burdened, heavy laden, I'll give you rest, okay? So he's gonna take those burdens. And then we ask him, so what do you want to give me in exchange, Jesus? We call this the divine exchange. And then receive what it is that he wants to give you in its place. Just put it back in your heart. So that's what we're going to do. Okay? So let's do that. Let's just close our eyes. And we recognize your presence right here, right now, Lord Jesus. So here in your presence, I'm going to hold my hand out and take off of my heart any weight that my heart feels right now. Place it in my hand. Take that weight and I place it in my hand to be able to give it to you. You can do that as many times as you need to. Whatever weight my heart feels, place it in my hand in front of you, Jesus. And when you've put the weight into your hand, just offer it to him. Say, Jesus, would you take these, please? I give these weights to you. And I'll let you take them. And just feel that weight lift as he takes it. And then just ask him, Jesus, what do you want to give me in exchange? Choose to receive what you have for me. Not my good ideas, but what you have for me right now. And as you give that to me, I choose to receive it. And to put it into my heart to treasure it as a gift from you. Jesus for your good gifts.
Good morning. So, um, three days or more, I've had a splitting headache, just like a migraine. And I don't think I really ever had a migraine where I actually threw up, but I was pretty close. And I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if it was something in the natural. I'm working on a quilt and all these t-shirts that this lady gave me of her husband that just passed away. They, they were covered in like this um, uh, fabric softener. And I'm super um, sensitive to chemicals. I thought, oh, that's it. No. And I, and I knew, I, I kind of knew like the Lord was going to let me exhaust all my thinking and he was going to gently tell me what it was. And Thursday night we did this exercise and I gave over the cares of my family. Um, just thought that I had done that over and over again, but apparently I keep on picking them back up, especially my husband, junior Holy Spirit here. And just, it, it, it manifested in a headache. Like, because I am leaning to my own understanding. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's going on? What do I need to do, Lord? How do I need to pray? And it was, it was just horrible, this headache. And so when we did the divine exchange, I, I opened up my hand and I gave God everybody, my kids, my husband. And then when I, so I did the exchange. And then when I saw in my hand, I saw a picture of a lotus flower. And it was this beautiful white flower. And I knew it's a lotus flower. So I had to go and look at what that meant. And so a lotus flower comes up from a, a murky, muddy uh, environment. And it kind of, and it sets roots down real deep. And it comes up. And, and when it comes up, it, it just, uh, during the day, it just opens wide up. And I felt like he was talking about, um, you know, just totally, he wants to do a regeneration. He wants to make that bloom. I can't make it happen. And so it was a lot about purity and some other things. And so and so the headache had kind of left. And I went home and then I went back and it was it was even worse now. And I realized that I had um, some unfinished business. And um, so once once I knew what it was and the root of it, then um, I was able to confess that. And it really was just confession. It was like, Lord, I am so sorry got on my face, started bawling, knowing that, knowing that, so he wants to heal, but sometimes we're hanging on to things, you know, and we don't even know sometimes because we've been hanging on to him for a while. And once I let that thing go, my head, it completely left, it completely lifted off of me, that great exchange, just completely free. And so just now I did an, another exercise, and this time when I had my hand open, he gave me the word free in capital letters with an exclamation point, free, free. Oh, yeah. So I'm just, I, I believe that's for all of us, not just for me. I mean, what better deal is it that you can take your stuff, everything that holds you down, weighs you down, you can give it to him and we get we get freedom, we get joy, we get love, we get everything that he is. Beautiful. <laughs> amen, amen. Okay. Um, so, Father, I thank you. I thank you as I'm in this season. I know all of us seem to be in the same season, and we want more. We, we just we want our our understanding, our eyes to be opened, to be unveiled, to see things the way you see things. See them rightly, Lord. 
that we would lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we would acknowledge you, that we would see you, see you on our neighbor, see you on our husband, see you on our kids, that we would, we would see you the way you see them. And Lord, that we can pray for them according to your will in their life. And Lord, I thank you that this is a beautiful exchange that we can have. We can give you all the stuff that that is, is distorted and, and tainted and the things that we believe that are lies. We can give them all to you. In exchange, we get your truth. We get your power. We get your healing. So Lord, I just declare that over every one of us today, as we search our heart, as we open up our eyes to things that you want us to see, Lord, we would not deceive ourselves. And we can say, well, I prayed that over and over and over again. Well, sometimes we just need to keep on praying it. Just keep on laying ourselves before him and saying, Lord, here I am. Lord, just take me as I am, but don't leave me here like this. Have your way. Have your way in our hearts, in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you indwell in us. I thank you, Lord. I do have a wonderful testimony. My, my daughter in love, we're, we're getting ready to get them married. They were supposed to get married 2020 of, or March 20th of 2020 and COVID hit. And she uh, has been asking me questions about God. She's been reading her Bible and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm so excited. And so I'm not pushing anything, but I'm just like, oh. And so I knew she had um, spiritual understanding. I, I just saw this on her and I saw that she's a feeler. And so she does doggy, doggy, uh, she does, takes doggy rescues in, she does doggy training, she does it in her home. She took in a big uh, German Shepherd and he had been shock treated and he had been like beaten and so he had a lot of like, you know, uh, issues. A lot of trauma and so, she, but she wasn't afraid and she brought him in and so she said, she heard the Lord tell her, she was going to keep the dog for three days, and she was going to write off on, it, on him that he was safe to be adopted. And the Lord spoke to her and said, keep him one more day. And she knows that that was God that spoke to her. And so she kept the dog the fourth day, and he attacked her. And it was unprovoked, and thankfully she did not get hurt. But she said, I know that God had me do that so that somebody else wouldn't get hurt and she had to make the recommendation to euthanize the dog, and that is not something that is in her heart to do ever. But she knew that God had trusted her, and that she needed that was what she. And so I'm like, Lord, you are moving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Getting our hearts just healed up is such a high value in this place because that's how we are standing here. You know, there was a, a time when I. I, um, it was like a tunnel. The healing was like so far away. And I'm like, God, I give you permission because I couldn't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I just kept on saying, I give you permission and just kept responding to everything that I was learning and seeing. And he has done so much and given us so many tools. So you're in the right place um, to just walk and see him do things in your heart. Amen. So let's follow that. Um, as usual, we're making this up as we go along, but you know, that's how it works around here. But last week, we did a little bit about our commission. 
out of the scriptures, didn't we? Remember I said, what is our commission? And it is make disciples everywhere, right? But then I said, so what's the greatest commandment? Love God. All of that stuff, yes. And 10 out of 10. <laughs> and all we got to last week was that love is always new. Which is what I've been hearing with all of the testimonies, right? Surprises and changes and God doing stuff that we couldn't predict or we couldn't, and, and all of us, I trust, have experienced that as we did that divine exchange exercise together. You can do that anywhere for yourself or for somebody else. You can do it in the grocery store for the cashier if they're having a hard day. You can do it in the office with that person who's hard to get along with. You can, you can do that for the customer whose car just came down off the ramp. <laughs> you can do it, you know, you can do it for the person who's impressed with your dancing or, or whatever. You know, you can do it with that, that difficult neighbor. You can do it with, with whoever, okay? Because God loves to show up when we make room for him. You can even do it with your spouse if that's a helpful thing to do. <laughs> for those of us who have spouses. <laughs> but what I want us to catch out of this, and, and again, I'm, uh, I can't give you the, this is what we're going to talk about this morning and then we're going to have communion. We are going to have communion as a response, but I have a feeling that this, what was going to be a one message last week is sort of growing into a series here. So, But what I want to focus on today is if love is always new, then there's always something fresh for us to get hold of. There's always fresh hope, but there's also always fresh challenge. And therefore the lesson for every one of us, and as usual I'm preaching to myself and letting you listen. So I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody apart from me, but the lesson for all of us is to not rely on the past. To not look back and predict from what went before what needs to happen now. On the contrary, God calls us to look forward and look up and predict from what he's promised what needs to happen next. Yes. Those of us who went to the rally conference heard Chris Vallotton speak about the fact that the church, and I mean the whole church, the body of Jesus around the world today, is in a metamorphosis. It's not just a transition, it's not just a sort of COVID-induced kind of rocking the boat and try and stabilize it. No, there's a whole metamorphosis going on in the body of Christ right now, where Instead of being caterpillars rooted on the ground, we're going through the, the meltdown. If you understand about caterpillars becoming butterflies, there's that stage in between, isn't there, that's not very pretty. <laughs> Where you kind of just get wrapped up in what feels like a tomb and everything turns to liquid. <laughs> Anybody feel like life turned to mush? The lap? Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm sure it wasn't just me. But what I want you to see is you don't come out the other end unless you go through that. Okay? But God's purpose is that we become heavenly connected rather than earthly connected. Because the butterfly, when it comes out, only lands very occasionally, spends most of its time beautifully flying around. Right? And this is not the kind of butterfly that comes out one day, you know, sucks a few flowers and then dies in the frost the next day. This is the kind of butterfly that could fly to Mexico. You know, like the monarch, right? This is the kind of butterfly that flies long distance. This is the kind of butterfly that lasts for a long time. And we are in that metamorphosis. But let's be real, when we get into a metamorphosis season, most of us feel and react with insecurity. Or is that just me? You too. Okay, that makes two of us. All right. And I see a few other people sort of delicately nodding so that the people beside them don't necessarily notice. But we get into insecurity because it feels different. And unfortunately, we rational Western 21st century people don't like different. Yeah? We're not too comfortable with change. But actually, God wants us to get comfortable with change because he wants us to, uh, to turn toward life. He wants us to be future present minded, as Chris put it at the conference, rather than past present focused. And the insecurity is because there's change and it's because we feel like we've got to hold it all together because of what's behind us. Okay, most of us, I mean, I know snippets of most of your stories in the room and you know snippets of most of our story. We've got stuff in the past that if we didn't take care of it, it's going to still be trying to snap at our heels. Right? <laughs> it's going to still be trying to take us out. And we, we feel like we've got to hold on in that situation so that the junk from behind me doesn't overtake me. But actually, God is saying, no, no, no. <laughs> Let me deal with the junk behind you. Don't turn toward the past and try and figure out how am I going to keep it under control. Turn toward the future and say, okay, if my future is good in Jesus <laughs> with none of that stuff. You know, when you read about the, the end of everything, there's no more crying, there's no more pain, there's no more any of that stuff, right? That's our, that's our destiny. But God wants your destiny to begin now. This is not pie in the sky when you die. It's cake on your plate while you wait. Don't forget how radical Jesus is. You see, we've, most of us, we've, we've read this book so much, it's become familiar, especially the New Testament, okay? Some of that Old Testament stuff, maybe we've only read it once or twice, and we're like, what on earth is going on? Let me go back to the Gospels. But <laughs> if we've become familiar with the Gospels, we've become familiar with a tame Jesus. But Jesus was anything but tame. Jesus was all about 
radical. Jesus introduced a metamorphosis in how we relate to God. And our commission, just to tie this into the theme of the series, is to be like Jesus, bringing metamorphosis in how people relate to God, starting with me. But if the change is as big as God wants it to be, it won't just change me, it'll change how I relate to you and what you see in me and how you respond to God as a result. It's like you drop a rock in a pond and the ripples spread. The bigger the rock, the bigger the ripples. You know that Jesus really, he shocked the Jews with a, a way, a new way of demonstrating love. We were talking about love is always new, right? And the great commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. In Luke 10, there's a lawyer puts Jesus to the test and Jesus gives the right answer, which is the answer we just gave. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and you love your neighbor as yourself. The Jews had been doing this for centuries. Loving God, being separate from all of the pagans around them, making sure that they observe all of the, all of the laws of devotion. You, know, you do this to show God you love him. You do that to show God you love him. You do this to your neighbor because it's the right thing to do to show God you love him and to demonstrate love to you. There's a separation and a, a purity of devotion in all of that. But when the lawyer answered the question correctly, Jesus said, you've answered correctly, do this and you will live. The lawyer added another question because he wanted to, he wanted to score points. The Bible says he wanted to justify himself. And so he says, and who is my neighbor? In other words, I've got this heritage of separating myself from all those pagan people. So who do I need to show love to? It's a fair question, right? You've been taught that you've got to keep yourself pure. So now who do I love? Because I can't love all those Gentiles. They're, yeah, they eat pig. <laughs> and all kinds of other nasty things that they do. And what story did Jesus tell to answer the question, who is my neighbor? Anybody remember? The Good Samaritan. You see, we are so familiar with the Gospels that we don't recognize just how shocking that sentence is. Just the name of that story, the Good Samaritan. See, the Samaritans were not good. They were anything but good. This is like saying the good terrorist. Right? It's crazy. The good Satanist. Incidentally, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I think it's a helpful one. We've got to be careful not to take scripture literally. Some of your heresy detectors just went off. That's okay, I'll explain. If the Samaritan is a leper to the Jews, and Jesus is saying he's a good Samaritan, well, he shouldn't be my neighbor, right? 
<laughs> but Jesus is saying he is. If I take that literally, it means that every time I get beaten up by life, I need to find a terrorist to help me. Okay? Jesus intends us to take the point of the story, not the literal detail of the story. Too many people have tripped up by taking every word of this as if it's literal to today, when actually God gives this, it's breathed by God, yes, of course, but he breathes it through human instruments into a specific context. A little bit like when Jane and Sherry blow the shofar. Okay? Can I, is your shofar here? So here is the scripture. But it needs breath to make a sound. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit breathes through the scripture and it needs a context. So Sherry blows the shofar in the parking lot for a reason. She's calling in all those who are coming to gather for community. We blow the shofar when we start to pray in the morning. It's to, it's to say, okay, this is the beginning of us welcoming Holy Spirit and we're committing ourselves to follow him. I'm not going to try and blow this. A, it wouldn't bless you, and B, it wouldn't sound too good on the recording. But, <laughs> but Scripture is God-breathed through human instruments into a specific context. So we need to understand the context. We need to understand the instrument as well as understand the circumstance. So the sound itself is only one part. The words in the books of the Scriptures we need to understand through the context of how did God breathe that? What did God intend us to hear? What does God want us to learn? We need the Holy Spirit and we need one another in order that we get the fullness of that. So what I try to do when we talk like this on a Sunday morning, I'm trying to stretch some of how you think about stuff so that you get more of God out of it. In John 15, just give you a second example, while we chase this squirrel down the pathway a little way. In John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine. Yeah? yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what he, what, well, what does he mean by that? Let me throw it open so it's not just me spouting what sounds like heresy at you. What does Jesus mean when he says, I am the vine? Okay, so my connection, well, Jesus' connection to you brings the, the sap that produces the fruit, the Holy Spirit. Okay, yeah. Anything else? I mean, why, where were they when Jesus said this? And what was, the, what was the context? Jesus was getting ready to go to his passion. And he was giving his instructions to the disciples. Right. So he, Jesus is getting ready to go to be crucified, and he's giving instruction to his disciples in the context of the Jewish religion for centuries where the wine is something very significant with the Passover. 
because it signifies to them the blood that was on the doorpost that marked that they were trusting God and death passed over. Right? Jeannie? Excellent. So the vine gives life to everything else. Yeah? This is good. He's saying we're in an agricultural setting, right? Most of us don't have a vine, do we? Maybe some of you do, but most of us don't. <laughs> but in that, in that passage, they're probably <laughs> close by a vineyard. They're in a garden, right? <laughs> and we're in this agricultural community where wine is made, and wine has this significance in our religious ceremonial remembrance of God's faithfulness and I want you to understand that you live connected to God through me because if you chop off a branch it doesn't work but also if you let the branch grow by itself too much it doesn't work either my I'm very grateful my dad used to grow vines um, not very successfully but he at least looked up how to do it you only get fruit if you trim the branch back to about this much. Because the fruit comes on the new. Now, if that's not enough to make you say, God, I want some new in my life, I don't know what is, all right? So Jesus is saying all of this understanding that I am the source of your fruitfulness. Jesus is not saying, I am a plant. Okay? So... Just be careful with the literal, get the bigger picture. And I'm not saying anybody does do this, but we are often surrounded by folks who say, no, you know, God says it, I believe it, that settles it. <laughs> There's a place for that, but that's only the skeleton of what God wants us to get. The Holy Spirit gave us the scriptures in community. The Bible was breathed by the Holy Spirit into community. And so the Bible must be understood in community by the Holy Spirit. That's why we get together like this. That's why we get into our fuel groups and talk about what is God speaking to us. It needs to match up with this, of course. But it's breathed on by the Holy Spirit. So we always encourage everyone to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit in community because that's where stuff gets um, expanded if you like I was listening to a friend of ours a guy called Jonathan Puddle has a thing called the podcast it's a podcast but because he's Puddle it's a podcast <laughs> and I recommend it to you because it'll make you think you won't agree with every detail of what everybody says that he interviews but he interviewed a guy this week who said and I think I referred to this last week actually um, if I only listen to the people who look like me and I only listen to the people who agree with me, it's like me looking in a mirror and all I get is me. He called it hermeneutical narcissism. <laughs> I get stretched by disagreement and I recommend it to you. I get stretched when something comes across my radar that makes me go, oh, I'd never thought of that before. Does this match with everything God has done in my life? Does this match with what I see in the community of believers? 
And actually, if we're honest, all of us have been on that journey, haven't we? It's how you ended up here. <laughs> I might say ended up. I mean, you may not end up here. You may not stay here till you die. <laughs> God may multiply it off into something new as well. But, and, and I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying believe anything. Okay, that's a dangerous place to go. But I'm also saying let's be careful not to be closed-minded because the Pharisees were the ones who got it all figured out and they got every I dotted and every T crossed and they were the ones who killed Jesus. I may miss Jesus if I've got all of it figured out. Jesus has to be my hermeneutic, to use the same phrase that Michael Bird used in that podcast. That means he's the lens through which I read this. And Holy Spirit breathes on it in community. Everything that we believe has to come through that lens. Colossians 1, verse 15 says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Everything comes after him. He comes first, and everything else follows. That's fine. <laughs> it's very acrobatic the way you threw that pencil. It's great. <laughs> God speaks through scriptural community that's immersed in Holy Spirit. We are inheritors of the Reformation. Some of you may be aware of that, some of you may not be. If that's something you didn't know, that's fine, just let it blow right by. But for many of you, you'll recognize that we are inheritors of the Reformation. In fact, a lot of very serious Christians don't like to do Halloween, but they do celebrate Reformation Day the following day. As it happens to be the time when Martin Luther nailed all of his Facebook posts on the door and was put into Facebook jail for it. Um, but the foundation of the Reformation is this Latin phrase, sola scriptura. Only scripture. And there is truth to that. But I want us to see that the Reformation statement, sola scriptura, was medication for a sickness that had infected the church up to that time. It was necessary medicine because the, the church was sick with, with human power and, and struggles over human power. You know, which bishop was going to have all the authority and who was going to wear the fancy clothes and who was going to get the money out of the offering and, and all of that stuff. There was all these unbiblical practices and the church, as it had become over the centuries, was on this mission to exclude as many people as possible for profit. So you had to pay these indulgences to get into heaven and all that stuff. I nearly said a bad word, but I managed to rescue it just at the end there. But 
Sola Scriptura was the, the, the medication for that sickness. We have to go back to what the Bible says. This was a season where the vast majority of believers, such as they were, had no understanding of Scripture because it was in a language they didn't understand. Right? The Reformation gave us the Scripture in, in words that we could understand by translation, which again is a picture for us of how God brings his truth to us through community. Because every Bible that we pick up has been translated by a community of translators. And we're thankful for every one of them. But because it was medication for a sickness, it's not the whole picture. Any of us who've had medication for a season because we were sick, no, we don't continue to live on medication alone. Man shall not live by medication alone, but on every rhema that comes from the mouth of God. Mark just scrambled scripture there, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying, okay? Yes, the Bible is true. Yes, the Bible is reliable. Yes, the Bible is God-breathed, but it's not the only thing. You see, there are Christians today who are saying, yeah, give me my Bible and a cup of coffee and maybe an Instagram post or two. I'll listen to what I like on, on the internet or on the TV and leave me alone because I'm done with all that church stuff because I see through it in the 21st century just like Martin Luther saw through it in the Reformation. But it's a very dangerous, slippery slope for us to isolate ourselves. We need the power of the Holy Spirit have you noticed, I think we demonstrated this a week or two ago, didn't we? The Holy Spirit loves to show up when we get two or three together. So you put Robert next to Sherry and you see that Holy Spirit's showing up, right? And actually, I, I just picked on those two because I knew it would work straight away. It happens with a lot of you. I saw it today during worship as well as different ones were praying. It doesn't always look like laughing and falling over. Well, it does with Sherry, but it doesn't look like, <laughs> doesn't look like laughing and falling over with all of us. Sometimes it looks like tears. Sometimes it looks like peace. Sometimes it looks like radiance. Sometimes it, you can't see it on the outside at all. But we all know, because we've been around here a bit, that Holy Spirit loves to come when two or three of us are together. In 20 and 30 is even better, right? But when you get to 200 or 300, not so much. Holy Spirit's still doing the twos and threes, but in the 200, 300 level, <laughs> it's easy to hide. I'm so thankful for those of you who did take my exhortation to not be pushed against the back wall. It was really weird this morning when we started. It looked like you were all kind of pressed against the back wall. And then everybody was like, ah. But it's easy in a big, big group for that to happen, right? That's why I love that God has given us this kind of facility where we can be a smaller group of people who can interact with Holy Spirit and one another. Okay, that's not to say we're not going to grow. We are. But as we grow, we're going to make sure we keep this kind of atmosphere, this kind of community, this kind of setting, because Holy Spirit works in community. None of that was in my notes, but hallelujah. This all has a major impact on what our commission looks like. Because if I'm a scripture-only kind of person, then my commission 
to go and make disciples of all nations. I read it literally from how it's been translated into my English Bible. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So I go from England to America and I hit Corey over the head with my Bible and I make a disciple. Cost me a lot, you know, I paid for plane tickets and everything else because I have to go to all nations. But actually that makes me then forget that I'm supposed to be a living example of what the word can do to my next door neighbor and the people I rub up against all the time. So the, the, the commission doesn't actually say, get on a plane and take a Bible and get someone to pray a prayer. It says, as you're going, get other people to follow me with you. From not every nation, because nation in our Western minds is a country with a political boundary that you have to get on a plane or get in a car or on a train to get to. There's, a, there's nations stuck on the wall at the back there, the map of the world, okay? And the word in the original Greek is ethnos, cultures, people groups, people who have something in common, people who are different from you or different from me. We have got a bunch of different ethnos in this room. We're all from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, but there's a lot of different ethnos in this room. There's an English ethnos, isn't there, Laura? Hallelujah. <laughs> There's some redneck ethnos. There's some Midwestern ethnos. There's some African-American ethnos. There's all kinds of ethnos. But Jesus said, invite every ethnos to follow me with you. Everyone. See, my premise is that our understanding of our commission is, is smaller than it should be. <laughs> you know, Jesus wants the people you don't agree with to follow him. Jesus is rather interested in the people you have been taught to judge and look down on. He'd like them to follow him. Jesus wants the people who you think are better than you and that you don't belong with to follow you following him. Jesus is interested in the people who are confused about their identity to follow him. Jesus wants the people who have an addiction to something to follow him. Jesus wants people who are religious and judgmental to follow you as you follow him. See, this commission is much more challenging than we thought it was. And so we're going to wrap it up by coming to communion. You remember last week we talked about our love being cross-shaped, didn't we? Communion with union with him and community with unity with one another. We're going to come to communion the bread and wine type communion, but also the connection heart to heart with him. Because as we recognize God's presence, 
Holy Spirit is working in each of our hearts. And so before we come to communion, I want to ask you this. Where is Holy Spirit breathing on you this morning? For some of us, the breath of the Holy Spirit is saying, why don't you commit more to community? Just step over the hesitation and the hurt from the past and step into being united with other people who are different from you but who love you. Commit to community. Or for some of us, the breath of Holy Spirit is on, I want to give you love and I want to help you find Jesus in cultures that you were taught to reject. People you disagree with. People you don't like. Holy Spirit saying, hey, let's have an adventure together. Let's see if we can find Jesus here. For some of us, Holy Spirit is breathing on I want you to have a broader revelation of my love and my purpose for you than you've previously understood. And for a few of us, I believe that God is speaking that there's something specific you need to do with someone specific, like a specific action to say, I'm listening, Holy Spirit. I'm saying yes to you. I say all of that because as we break bread and share the cup together in just a moment, I want to make lots of room for all of that to happen in whatever way Holy Spirit says. Renee was saying earlier she appreciates the push. And sometimes we'll say, yeah, we want you to do this. But the push doesn't come from Jane and me, it comes from him. And so in this moment, I'm letting him push. Or pull. Or put his arm around your shoulders. Or whisper in your ear. So I want us to be quiet just for a moment. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me? Holy Spirit, how can I say yes to you? Holy Spirit, let me know your love more fully right here, right now. Holy Spirit, I want to partner with you. to make it easy for everyone to follow me following you. So set me free more than before. We're asking you for more of your presence, more of your power, more propulsion in your purposes. And we know it all comes from you, which is why we celebrate the bread and the wine 
You take every broken part of our lives. And you pour on the wine of the new covenant to unite us into your broken wholeness. So we let you do it now, Jesus. We celebrate you together. Amen. So as you say yes to Holy Spirit, just obey him. You may want to come as soon as I break the bread and Jane's pouring the cup. You may want to go to somebody else first. You may want to take a moment in quiet prayer before you come. But this bread and wine is for all of us to say, God, you're here. Here am I. Send me. So follow him. And we'll finish with this. share that testimony with us. weekend I was actually able to get there God made a way throughout the whole week somehow giving us enough money to get a hotel and just enough for gas and everything to get back and forth 
Um, I was nervous for like the whole six hours that I had to stand there. I was sitting there waiting for my name to get called and just kept stretching, talking to some people who, you know, were just willing to finally come up to me that I've talked to for years now. And um, I represented for Jesus. I wanted to say that that's, that's what I went out there and did. I didn't dance to any secular music like I, I used to, and I was free from that. Um, I was able to go out there and be creative, which I never thought I would have been able to do without smoking weed. And, and now I'm basically two months free from that. So I was able to go out there and represent for Jesus, and I knew that I had him right, right next to me. Whether I was going to win the battle or not, I knew I was going against, um, I was supposed to go against somebody that was already set up. He didn't show up, so I went against a bigger name, dude, who, <laughs> I, Haley was like, you know, do you think you can beat him? And I was like, well, I, I don't know. She's like, I believe in you. Just believe in yourself. <laughs> so I went out there, and I just had fun, and I forgot, I forgot about everything. I blocked out everybody, and... I just did it for God, that was all. And, and I ended up, you know, I ended up winning, winning the battle this weekend. <laughs> so, it, it, was just, it was an amazing experience being able to go out there and, and do it for my father and do it for, you know, Jesus and just everything I didn't think I would have been able to do then, I was just able to conquer and beat and do that, week, that weekend. So, yeah. Why don't you stretch your hands towards Corey? Haley, can you come up and stand with him, please? Because this is a picture of the power of community. You said you can do it. I believe. No idea what that was. Power. Yeah. But you said, I believe in you and you can do it. And you did it by focusing on Jesus. <laughs> If that's not a power community, hey, you two just illustrated so beautifully what this is all about. So we bless you both to continue to grow in the experience of the kingdom of God coming through you wherever you go. We bless you both to experience the smile and the joy of Jesus at the way that you found more freedom by coming into community, by the way you found more freedom by trusting him, He's called you by name. He's called you into his family. And we're honored to be a picture of that and a part of that for you both. And we bless you both to continue to flourish and grow in all of your purpose and all of your calling and all of your destiny. We say thank you, Father, for the gifts you've put in both of these two and for the ways that you use those gifts to bring glory to your name. And we bless them to know you deeper and deeper every day to share you more boldly everywhere they go. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. God, we bring Corey before you. We delight in all of the ways that you made him with his creative ability in dancing in um, just proclaiming your goodness God I pray that he would never shine away shy away from shining for you Lord we speak a hedge of protection over Corey 
We thank you for your provision over his life, Lord. We thank you that you are bringing him out of darkness into a light, a light that those that are surrounded by darkness hunger for. Lord, that you are going to use him, God, to be an example, Lord. And Father, I pray just that you um, breathe afresh on dry bones, an old uh, weaknesses on old hopelessness, Lord. Your word says that um, hope deferred, right, causes depression. But a dream fulfilled, is that how it goes, guys? A dream fulfilled brings life. And so, God, I thank you that you have brought this dream that Corey won in your name, Lord, that he didn't shy away, that you didn't just give him the opposer that he thought he would have, but you gave him somebody, you gave him a Goliath. And so, Lord, I pray that he would um, set stones uh, for, for this event, Lord, memorial stones, not to look back, but to remember your faithfulness, to give him courage because, Lord, you're not going to stop here, Lord. You have more for him, more for him. So I speak a blessing over him in Jesus' name. tell this and I told my wife I said I'm not going to tell I'm going to wait so I had a dream um, one was about two weeks ago and the other one was probably three or four days ago and the first dream I know Pastor Mark and Pastor Jane was in it with my wife and um, where's mom at? And Miss Sherry. And this goes back to about two years ago. And the dreams was telling me, well, let's go back. So my wife had this picture she made for me. It says, praise the hallelujah. And she has it up in my little mini studio. I go up, I mix, and there is a punchline to it, so just gotta bear with me. I'm not gonna bit and piece this story, because if I do, you won't get it. So every time I go upstairs to mix, I always see this. But yeah, okay, I see it, praise the hallelujah, yes. So this dream of Pastor Mark and Miss Jane, my wife and Miss Sherry, and that logo, Catch the Fire, is on a stage, and it's behind me, and it's, it's kind of big. But all I see is like a few people out front and then I wake up. So the dream I had a few days, a few about three or four days ago, I see the same people. But this time 
I see this guy coming up from the stairs to dance. So I'm like, I can't see his face, but all I know he's dancing. And my wife and Miss Sherry saying, well, go start the music. And I'm like, I don't have no music. He needs something to dance to. That's all I hear them saying. And I see Miss Jane is on the keyboard saying, go start the music. She's not yelling, but she's just like, go start the music. And I'm like looking around and there's so many people as far as I can see screaming, catch the fire, start dancing, start dancing, catch the fire. And I see this big, long banner says, praise the hallelujah. What does that mean? I don't know, but I will figure it out on my own. But if I had to say it right now, I see all of us, not just us, but all of us praising a hallelujah, spreading the word of God in front of thousands. Amen. I want to do something real quick. I know our time is gone, but this is not for within these four walls. Okay, so there's a lot of us in this room who have responsibilities, callings, jobs, appointments outside these walls. Okay, I mean, just looking around the room, there's Brandon at Pepsi, there's, uh, there's Chuck on the insurance thing, there's Jamie at the hospital, Alex at the skating rink. Renee at the Boys and Girls Club, Tony at Midas, Ira um, transitioning. transitioning. <laughs> you know, you guys, all of you, you're in the bank and you're doing all the different. Why? I don't think we've got enough people who don't have an appointment outside to have one with each one, but somehow just put a hand on anybody you know, even if they put a hand on you as well, put a hand on somebody you know who has an appointment or a commissioning. Well, there isn't enough people. Well, uh, yeah, okay. All right. So the senior pastor says, with all the people who have a, a position or an appointment or a co- commissioning outside the four walls of the church, in a, in a what we used to call a secular, it's not secular at all. But in those settings, could you come and stand in the middle so the rest of us can gather around you? And I just want to pray a very brief prayer. I realize our time has gone, but I think it's important. We say this is not just the church this is the kingdom in the world in the marketplace and we want to demonstrate that get in the middle <laughs> the rest of us are just going to gather around you all <laughs> because we're saying god yes to your kingdom coming through your children in the marketplace. It's JW in um, coach. Um, <laughs> Father, let the, let the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest on every one of these ones who has a position of influence, a position of example, a position of opportunity in the marketplace, whether it's by phone or by computer or face-to-face, through the work they do with their hands or the work they do with their minds or the work they're looking for. Father, we bless every single one who has a role to play in the marketplace. And I believe God will give you words to say that will release life. They may not be words of scripture. They may be words that Holy Spirit rests on. So just looking out here, Nancy, as you schedule windshield appointments, it's like God is going to give you words to say that bring life. 
You may not be quoting Bible verses to customers, but it's going to be life-giving. Um, you know, Carol, as you're tutoring, uh, you're going to be giving life. Um, <laughs> I don't know who you talk to while you're searching titles, Crystal, but I know how much the life of God flows through your words. Uh, and so it may be to attorneys or it may be to, to, to clients, but the words that you speak carry life. I, and I'm not just picking those folks out. I'm saying it over every one of you. You speak life with your words. And there are several in this room who are transitioning, and I want to speak a blessing over that. Yes. There's some transitioning happening in this room. Yes. Jesus, we ask that it would be Holy Spirit birthed every yes. single one. Yes. Some of you don't know what you're stepping into. Some of you know what you're leaving. But all of it is Holy Spirit. We are saying yes to the transition into the new, the new birth, the new season. I feel like the Lord is stirring up excellence within the marketplace and in the business yes. realm. Yes. Um, not to build churches, not to build church communities, but to build kingdom right. and to, and to um, uh, make a good name for Jesus right. so that we don't discredit the work of God in us. Yes. And so I just speak a blessing over everyone in the workplace mm -hmm. and in the marketplace and the, in the business realm that... that um, we build a community in, here in Myrtle Beach, Conway, Georgetown, Little River, all, all in this region of the Grand Strand, yeah, right. that the kingdom will be, be built upon excellence. Yes. And that um, Holy Spirit will be able to use that in very unique ways, mysterious ways, but yes. unique, unique ways. Amen. Thank you for each life that will be impacted through the one standing here. Every single one of you standing here is going to impact many, and you have a unique place and a unique calling in that. And Father, thank you for the, the change in the fabric of Myrtle Beach. We were praying for that this place would be a place where people come and find healing and hope and recovery. And we declare that the, the people of your kingdom will be part of that, that whole fabric of your kingdom, heaven on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I want to encourage each one of you to believe that God is going to use you to speak into people's lives. Amen. And at my age now, I have people coming back to me because I've been doing this for years and years and years and long years now. And I have people come back to me and say, do you remember when you said this or this or this to me? And it transformed my life. It made a huge difference in the way I see things or whatever. And I had no idea that that was happening at the time. You know, so you never know. You never know because, and it's very humbling to have that happen. Because you know cotton picking well, it wasn't you that did it. It was the Lord. And I would have no memory of it whatsoever. So just go for it. So we bless you all to have an impact that you have no recollection of, but God stores it all up. 
Uh, I want to just say uh, we've got a new November calendar. If you've got an old one on your fridge, throw it away because this one's correct and the old one isn't. <laughs> we have a Thanksgiving outreach on Saturday the 27th, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. We've got permission to use the Boys and Girls Club. And uh, do you want to take more than one? Pass them around. Thank you. Um, so for that, we need all of the sort of usual things for outreach, you know, coats for kids, uh, cookies to give away. Uh, talk to Sherry is the simplest way to do that. And then remember Sister's Closet this week. Uh, the, last day we can bring the last day you can bring clothes for Sister's Closet is um, Wednesday morning. Yes, Wednesday morning, the last time. Um, our Tuesday night group's going to meet here this Tuesday. We're going to have dinner together and we're going to do the initial setup and then the ladies' presence group is going to meet on Wednesday morning to set up. So, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you around through the different things that are going on.